0: Again, Rick's horror movie review show, Rick's rated R horror movie review show, where we review all things related to horror. Horror movies, horror shows, horror comics, horror video games, anything and everything that has to do with horror, including that story your grandmother told you when you were 12 years old when you wouldn't sit down and shut up. We'll review that story here too. But around here, we have a special type of stories that we really enjoy. Stories with the Catholic Church, demonic possessions, mm, demons, zombies, aliens, we've, we've, we haven't done aliens yet. A creepy ghost in your closet that keeps wandering your house for no reason, just to fuck with you, because it likes it. It smells your fear. <laughs> Smells good. Smells like beer. Anyway, we love horror around here. We love that shit. Today we have a very special episode? Now, you said every, every time you start a show, you say we have a very special episode. Why is this one so special? Well, if you just allow me to explain to you, this is our first found footage horror movie. So it's a special episode because of that. I mean... I guess that's that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've done found footage just yet. So, yeah, this sounds like a it sounds like it's definitely going to be an interesting episode. That's right. If this is your first time around here, then you should. Well, you don't know (laughs) if it wasn't, then uh, you would know. But we have a very special, very simple format Uh, around here. We, uh, you know, in the show, we like to talk about the things that I liked. Then we talk about the things that I don't like about the film. I uh, will do a plot review and we'll do some commentary, but we don't do analysis because we're not experts. We just do this shit because we fucking love it. Am I right? Yeah, I think, you know, horror genre is amazing. There's so many different genres of horror, as you just mentioned. Today, we're going to do our first found footage review. So it's really exciting to talk about these kind of things, especially a new genre to tackle here in Rick's reddit R Horror Movie Review Show. Wow, look at you. You wanna do some voiceover work now? I mean I you know I've been practicing my voices, but maybe maybe you can let me do the intro sometime soon. Maybe. We'll see. If you really want to, sure, absolutely, why not? Oh, okay, that that would be that would be amazing. I appreciate it. I'm gonna call my mama tonight and let her know that I'm gonna do a horror TV show intro. Well, hold your horses, young man. I said maybe and uh sometime soon. But anyway, let's get right into this one. Movie, it's called Hell House, LLC. And uh, very interesting movie. In fact, well, let's get right into it, right? All right, so show format. Things I like. What did I like about this movie? Well, as I said, this is my first found footage movie. It's not the first one we've seen, but it's definitely the first one we reviewed. And let me tell you, this is a really interesting genre. It's fun. And this one is well done. And I really enjoyed that, uh, the, the found footage uh, didn't seem like I was asked, Like I always wonder, well, how, who found the footage? Uh, my brain just tells me this kind of stuff. Uh, my brain is fucking weird. It's like, well, who the hell found this footage? How the hell did they get a f- hold of this footage? Who's producing this footage? Who gave it to the person who now put it on the air? Who's broadcasting the footage? Where did the footage come from? How did the footage survive the fire? So my brain always tends to ask those kind of questions. But you know, I think they did a nice job at explaining where the footage is coming from. Actually they did an excellent job of explaining where the footage is coming from or how they got their hands on the footage. So except for the last piece of footage, which I will talk about uh, later. But I'm not gonna add it to the things I didn't like, but remind me to talk about that. Okay, I'll remind you to talk about how uh, the last piece of footage you want to know how it's found or you want to you have a you have a bone to pick? Is it grinding one of your gears? You know what really grind my gears. Yeah, it's definitely grinding one of my gears. But anyway, I forgot to mention that we also give this these uh, reviews ratings. So we'll give a rating at the end of this uh, review as well. And uh, things, those are the things. Actually, one more thing I like. Actually, several more things I like. Oi. Um, don't you need to do your breathing exercises. Remember, don't say um. Yes, breathing exercises. You're right. Ow now, brown cow. There, I'm better. Thank you. I uh, always, I no problem. That's why I'm here to help you move the show along at a nice pace. Wow. Is that what you're driving here? Is? Well, I mean, I got many jobs, but one of them is making sure that the, the show's on track and on pace because we don't want to, you know, lose pace. Okay. Well, thanks. So where this uh, was actually f- a shot, where the film was actually shot was, it, was a place called the Wardoff Hotel. And it's actually the location of uh, this is an interesting fact I learned. It's the location of an haunting. So they actually they actually do haunted houses in this old uh, hotel called the Wardofflow Hotel, and they, they do hauntings. And it's in Lehighton, I think that's how it's pronounced, Lehighton, Pennsylvania. I wonder how close to Scranton it is. Uh, another thing I really liked is that uh, decent acting. Frankly, never met these people. Well, not that I. I mingle with the actors here and there, uh, but I I I have never seen these actors in anything, and as you know, uh, I love that because I can really get into uh, believing that these people are actually experiencing these things, and I always enjoy not knowing who the actors are, and there are rare instances when I do enjoy well-known actors in horror movies, But for, for the most part, as you know, I don't like when there's a well-known actor in a horror movie, I just, you know, I lose them. Uh, I lose the illusion you know if it's brad pitt in a horror movie i'm like yeah okay sure brad pitt in a horror movie Pfft. not that i i would probably watch it anyway but anyway point B. good acting unknown actors to me a well-written story really well-written story to take this idea of uh, a haunted house and uh, turn it into a horror movie is phenomenal and i really personally really enjoyed this because i myself that's right i have built haunted house Oh, I, I didn't know you built haunted houses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spookamania. Spookamania won back in 2007. The epic haunted house in my neighborhood. And uh, so I really identified with the things that these people were were going through as they were coming up with ideas for how to build their haunted house and, and putting up all the props. And uh, I didn't, actually, did I hire, I didn't hire actors I hired friends, which cost me nothing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's a really well-written story, really enjoyable story, and uh, relatable to me at least. So I loved it. Things I didn't like. The things I didn't like is sponsored by... Actually, no, we don't have a sponsor. We still don't have sponsors? Oh my God. I mean, come on. You got to get on that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not doing it for sponsorships. I'm doing shit because I like it. Oh, right, right. We love this shit. Things I didn't like. Some of these scenes just just kind of felt a little too set up. Like, I, I know it's a film and I know that, you know, cinematography is involved in storyboarding, but I don't want to feel like I am looking at a set of scene. You know, it should feel organic, like most of it does, you know, but it, they were too. So I had to complain about it. Uh, the scenes were, well, more than one, not two, three, a couple of scenes of Paul in bed. Paulie, hey, Paulie, is that you? Hey yo, Paulie! Hey, yo, Paulie, are you in bed? Are you in bed yet? Hey yo, it's it's me, it's Rocky. Hey yo, Rocco, yeah, I'm in bed. Um, so the scenes where Paul is laying down in bed, I think, felt too set up. Uh the golden hour scene. Uh where they're outside and Tony and it's, it almost felt like he was very aware of the camera too. So that was like actually that was kind of poor acting. But again, it just felt too set up. I get it that you're trying to take advantage of the golden hour and Maybe they didn't plan for it in the storyboarding or anything, but it felt too set up. Like it's literally a scene that describes. he screwed us. Does Sarah know? I don't think so. No. Damn him. But I guess I'll come back to work. Good. Now enjoy the golden hour. It just uh, you know I'm like well, what's this scene for and uh, it's uh, again I it just felt like they they just set it up because it was uh, you know nice lighting by the way the golden hour lighting in movies uh, natural lighting the best part of the day but anyway let's get right into the story those were the things I liked and I didn't like okay so this movie again this is about a uh, this is about a uh, company that is trying to put a haunted house together for Halloween and they've been doing this for a long time. Well, several times, I guess I should say. I think, actually, no, they've been doing this since 2002, if I'm not mistaken. There was a mansion of Sarah being part of it since 2002. And the movie, Don't Forget, takes place during 2009. And the haunted house was supposed to open on October 8th. That's right. The house itself. The grand opening for the Hell House LLC. October 8th, 2009. So at the very least, seven years of this stuff happening, right? Yeah, okay. Anyway, established. So the movie itself, the the Hell House LLC, begins with interviews. Very office-like interviews. Uh, And there's interviews with a couple of characters there at the beginning. A journalist named Martin Cliver. Cliver? I think it's Cliver. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Martin Cliver, who's a journalist, is also a witness, Miranda Kelly. And then also Robert Leon, right? I think it's Lions, but I mean Leon sounds good too. okay. And these movies <laughs> actually, and then, you know I didn't mention this uh, that the big that uh, you know things I didn't like, but it felt a little like the office initially don't you think it felt a little you know like the interviews itself. The, uh, those scenes felt a little bit like, you know, the characters from the office are being interviewed. Like, especially when, uh, especially when Miranda was being interviewed. And anytime Miranda was being interviewed, I'm just like, uh-huh. Oh, so you're from Scranton, too. Oh, and you sell paper. You don't say. Wow. Are you part of the party planning committee yourself? So anytime those interviews were happening, I just, you know, it, I know it's found footage, and The Office is sort of like that documentary mockumentary style, but it just, I just couldn't. And my brain just again just goes there, and uh, I thought, uh, you know, that those initial shots of the interviews were um, very reminiscent of the uh, of The Office. But anyway, Miranda Kelly herself is explaining what's happening in the house at the uh, the day of the opening, October eighth, two thousand and nine, and. Uh, she recalls how people were cramming into the house and everything was going fine until we start to get to the basement part of the movie and then we'll get into that Uh, and then what really set her off was the clown running away and then, you know, we go off into another interview and uh, they start interviewing uh, the journalist, Martin Cliver and he starts describing all the events that are happening and and how the footage was, uh, you know, recovered it's mostly from a YouTuber or a person who is a YouTuber back in two thousand and nine, and that's the only footage that's available. And there's also a nine one one call, but that doesn't really tell them much about what's going on. Uh, but anyway, they're just really setting up the events of what you know would eventually happen in the film. We're not in the found footage yet. This is this is Inception. I mean, what do you mean Inception? Well, this is found footage paired with a documentary. So there's a documentary about the found footage. Got it. Documentary about the found footage. And we're in the documentary part and the woman running the documentary, well producer, uh host, Diane Graves. I mean, Diane Graves. I mean, that's a very interesting name for a for a person who is producing a documentary on horror things or real life horror events. Yeah. A little on the cheesy end, but not cheesy enough for me to add it to the things I didn't like. I actually kind of like it, but not enough to add it to the things I like. So anyway, producer Diana Graves is interviewing Martin Clivers, interviewing Miranda Kelly, interviewing Robert Leon. I think it's Lions, not Leon. It's Leon. He's French, and uh, they're talking about the event. And then there's footage of like 911 respondents arriving at the scene of the event and. It's also coupled with some of the YouTube footage that, uh, that was recovered. And again, Miranda Kelly is being interviewed and this goes on for a little bit before we get to the actual footage part of the interview. Now, the reason we get to, uh, the footage part of the interview is because, because one of the survivors of this event, Sarah reaches out to Diane to be interviewed. Okay. And so now we start to see uh, uh, confession-style interviews, uh, uh, Confessions of the Iceman, if you've seen that. And uh, now the, the interviewer, Diane, is talking to Sarah about the events of what happened that night and they're wondering how exactly she escaped. And Sarah, interestingly enough, reaches, fairly early on in the film, reaches for a bag of what turned out to be the found footage. Sarah herself is the person who finds the found footage which is really interesting right the person who was part of the is it really found footage at that point considering she's in the footage and she's the one that recovers the footage I mean that she found it I mean it's, not a, it's it's actually not explained if she found it uh, I mean was it ever lost I don't think it was ever lost then I don't think it's actually found footage if it was never lost. What if it was lost by somebody else? Well, if it was lost by somebody else, then, then yeah, then it's definitely found footage. Should we sit here and debate whether this was found footage or not found footage, or do you think that's a conversation for another episode? I think that's definitely a conversation for another episode. Okay, so. Sarah provides the found footage to Diane and the producers, and she tells them that everything, everything that you want to know about what happened that night will be here. So just grab my footage and just take a gander. Just take a look at it. Everything, all your questions will be answered. Just look at it. So somebody who was initially off camera comes around and grabs the footage and walks around Sarah and goes off, presumably to look at the footage in the other room while the interview with Sarah continues by Diane. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, one of the things that Diane asks Sarah is, and we keep going, you know, we we do a couple of shots to Sarah in in the uh, in uh, Alna Brown Cow. Don't forget, sorry, Alna Brown Cow. Thank you. So there are a couple of uh, sh- shots of Sarah being interviewed, intertwined with uh, the actual found footage. So one of the first things Diane asks Sarah is, how the hell did she get a hold of the footage? Now, how did you get a hold of this footage before the police did that? And Sarah's like, hmm. Hmm. But here, you can have it, she says. Anyway, she hands over the, uh, the footage, and now we actually start to see uh, the found footage of this movie, right? And initially, you know what? You know what really grinds my gears. Oh, Lord, you said you didn't have things that ground your gears. Well, and maybe this is just good acting. The initial few shots of, you know, of the found footage itself is just the you know the, the, the members of the Hell House Company, the Hell House LLC, uh Limited Liability Corporation. Bickering. Uh on, you know, and then they're driving and it's kind of annoying initially to be honest with you. And they're driving through the countryside to get to they're driving to get to the location of where the haunted house is going to be, which is uh Somewhere 45 minutes outside of uh, New York. What's the name of the hotel? Aberdon Hotel, I think. Yeah, I I don't think it's actually Aberdon. Oh, I think it's Aberdon. And it's in Rockland County, New York, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. So they're on their way to Aberdon and they're bickering and they're having discussions back and forth and they're doing movie trivias and I guess just, you know, really setting up the movie itself. But it's a little slow and a little tedious. The characters actually seem really, really fucking annoying, especially with their bickering at the beginning of the movie. Paul's kind of funny from the very beginning of the film and Paul is the person who's documenting everything, right? Anyway, I'm going to skip right to the fucking bickering. They they bicker and they bicker and they bicker and then we see them arriving at the Abaddon Hotel. And once they get there, I think there's, a, there's an explanation at some point as to why everything is being recorded, which I love because, you know, I love explanations behind shit. Yeah, you don't really like it when I just throw things in there without explaining things to you. Like, you'll drink the Kool-Aid, but, you know, at the very least, give me some background. That's right, I will drink the Kool-Aid as long as you give me some background about where the Kool-Aid came from. I don't want to drink unknown Kool-Aid. What do you want me to do? So they explain that the reason why they're documenting all this stuff it's for the YouTubes. Well, I mean, that makes sense. You know, that's that's a good idea. You want to document the stuff for your social. Kind of like what we're doing right now. I think it's exactly like what we're doing right now. Okay. Well, that's what they were doing. They were documenting everything. And that's the reason for the footage that was fun. So once they get to the Abaddon Hotel, they start to well notice how... Creepy everything looks, right? And everything looks exactly as you would expect an old abandoned hotel looks like, okay? Just disgusting and creepy and abandoned and, you know, unlit and just horrifying. And almost initially, right at the beginning, they're moving the camera back and forth, really good, not too shaky, but they're moving the camera back and forth and you start to see scenes of the bar and the kitchen, and the hallways, and the upstairs. And in one of those scenes, right near when they enter the, the, the Abaddon Hotel for the very first time, the film stops at a shadowy figure, yeah, right off the corner, and it looks creepy. It's sort of blurry, like like you can't really see it. Like if you take your glasses off, and you're trying to look at something, if you have like astigmatism, Or myopia, nearsightedness, farsightedness. You take those glasses off and all of a sudden it looks blurry. Like, what the fuck am I looking at? That's kind of what that creepy figure looks like. And it's just right off into the corner and nobody sees it, of course. And it's a, a, you know, turn your head quickly and you'll miss it sort of situations. But anyway, uh, we cut the block and then we move on to uh, another scene. And they continue uh, to document stuff, right? And it doesn't take long. them to enter the basement which at this point we now know because from the the beginning of the film we know that this is where shit happened so they enter the basement and it's paul and it's mac and it's tony and alex and sarah and they're all in there and they're just looking around looking for shit and sarah finds a bible oh my god guys i found this bible it's creepy and alex is like maybe mac Sarah, this is the hotel. There's Bibles everywhere, baby. Of course you should expect to see a Bible down here. Again, hotels, they have them everywhere. It's to keep Jesus in the drawer and in your hearts. If you're feeling down while at a hotel, well, just open a drawer and there'll be a Jesus Bible. there, just waiting for you. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. I found it. Let me dust it off. It's a little dirty. Oh yeah, it's definitely a Bible. I was a little, I was a little worried that maybe it was like diary of a wimpy kid, the Jesus version. But no, it's definitely, it's definitely the King James version of the Bible. What? They you know the King James version of the Bible? Of course I know the King James version of the Bible. Who doesn't? Oh, come on. Wow. Now I'm the one who's impressed. Well, thank you. Anyway, they continue lurking in the basement. But even though Sarah is kind of buying the explanation that this Bible's in a hotel all the time, it still feels a little uneasy. I mean, wouldn't you, if you found an upside down cross? Is an upside down painting of a cross a cross or an upside down crucifix? I think it's a cross, cool. And there's also a painting of a pentagram. Like Someone painted a pentagram, Next to it, next to the upside down cross. And Alex, the businessman, the ever the businessman. Come on, guys, this is this is Hell House LLC. Don't be scared. This kind of stuff happens. I mean, this place was abandoned. What do you want us to do? Do you want to make some money or not? And Sarah, you know, she continues feeling uneasy. But at this point, nobody's nobody's paying attention to Sarah, which is breaking rule number one of horror. Always listen to the rational character. The rational voice in the group. And that's who Sarah is. But of course, nobody fucking listens to Sarah. Sarah's warning them. Sarah already, at the very beginning, she's already like... she's uh, She's got the hands crossed and, you know, like... You know, biting her nose and looking around nervously. And, you know, I don't know about this guy's look going on. And nobody pays attention to her. And for this, they shall suffer. I mean... I don't know that, I mean, if you were down there and it's a group of five people and I don't know that I would necessarily be immediately scared if I saw a cross and a pentagram down there. I mean, those necessarily things, you know, people do those kind of things or they just paint those things for the, you know, for the sake of being funny and something. So I, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't have put too much stock, especially on an abandoned place like that. You know, it could have been a transient person just taking too many drugs, like Leo from the fall of the Usher house, the black cat, and just started pinting things because they, you know, that, because they were high. Hey, Bobby, I was high. Okay, well, I mean, thanks for being so rational about it. Sure, it could definitely be that, but is it? (laughs) Anyway. Nobody pays much attention to Sarah and, uh, you know, there's an upside-down cross. Rule number 316 of porn is broken. Always listen to the rational character, which they don't. So we move on. Another scene. And now we go back to Sarah being interviewed by Diane. And according to Sarah, it took Tony or Mac a whole week to bring the power back up? Why does it take a whole week? I mean, I mean, the host of reasons, you know, it could definitely just be the fact that there was something significantly wrong with the electrical infrastructure. Maybe the power company refused to supply them with adequate power and they had to upgrade the power back. Okay, okay, okay. So you're going to be Mr. Rational now, huh? I mean, I'm just trying to find potential explanations for why it would take a week to get the power back up. Okay, well, seems like an excessive amount of time to bring the power back up. It's, essential, it's an essential utility for people. But anyway, it takes them a week to get the power back up. And in the meantime... They're gonna be sleeping at the hotel without any power. Slumber party at the uh, haunted hotel. And we move on to another scene. And now everybody's just boozing it up and having a good time. <laughs> Tell me again about that haunted house in Brooklyn. Or was it Queens? Oh, that was such a great haunted house. Good, 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 good. Oh, absolutely. Everybody loved it. It was so scary. And that's why we have such a great business going because we're in the business of scaring people and we know exactly what to do, don't we? We know where to put the skeletons and we know where to put the, the fake clowns, the fake clown suits. We know where to put them so that it's scary for everybody. And I'm gonna scare you. And that's what we do, we're really good. That's why we're called Hell House LLC. We're a limited liability company, which means we're not responsible and they'll sign waivers, okay? Everybody will sign waivers before they walk in. We're not responsible. We have a limited liability. You have to enter at your own risk, okay? You come in and you break a foot, that's your fault, not mine. Please be careful. Watch your step. There's a sign out right in the front of Hell House LLC at the Aberdeen Hotel. Watch your step. In case of demonic possession, watch your step because... If you get the if you get possessed by a demon, that's on the demon. Okay. I'm not responsible. I'm not liable for demonic possession. But if you but if you don't watch your step and you trip, that's all that's that's on you. You're liable for that. It's in the waiver. Pay attention to the waiver. So they're discussing how awesome they are and how they are LLC and Hell House and they're great at us haunting and they're boozing it up, right? Anyway, the night is over. And we move on to Paul. Who now starts documenting himself, right? We've seen Paul document everything and everybody else, but now he has the camera and he's laying in bed. Oh, actually, he's not laying in bed just yet. I think he's talking to Hector now. And he's playing the piano with Hector. Hector, bro, you're so awesome at the piano. Let's play some creepy shit. Oh, yeah. Just like that. More. And Hector is this puppet who's sitting in front of the piano. All right. And after the scene, he goes right to bed. And he's laying in bed now. Now he's laying in bed. And as he's laying in bed, he's talking to the camera about how awesome his night was. And now he's got the hots for Sarah. And I got Sarah so hot. Someone walks in on him from behind. Sarah, is that you? Sarah? (laughs) Alright guys, you guys are very funny. Okay, you can stop it now. It's time to go to sleep. And he goes to sleep. But very clear that that entity that was in his room was not Sarah or any of the other guys. Except he just doesn't know it yet. Very, very, very creepy. So camera shuts down. And he says, I don't what did he say? Good sunset, good dreams. I actually don't recall, but he said something uh, which I consider unusual before you go to bed. Shut off or something like that. I, I don't recall. Shut off, maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, we pick up the next scene and Paul, rec- he wakes up again and again, he's documenting everything. So he grabs his camera, fumbling with it. And all the fumbling noises readily evident for everybody to hear. Very very well sound producing. Uh sound production. There's the sound engineers, right? I mean, yeah, that's the that's the people responsible for sound. And he grabs his camera and he starts to walk. And he immediately zooms in to one of the actors. Actually he zooms in to like uh yeah actually he wakes up I remember now he zooms in to the outside and the outside the window in the rain and one of the actors is you know one of the actors they just hired is holding an umbrella and he zooms in uh, who turns out to be Melissa one of the actors the damsel in distress because in this hell house the damsel in distress must be saved by you the visitor the Hell House Hell LC. It's up to you to rescue Melissa before she's possessed by a goddamn demon. He's zooming on Melissa because, oh my god, Melissa's so hot. And Joey is there, who's supposed to be a clown. And uh, Jesus, what's the other character's name? She's supposed to be the hostess. So she turns out to be the coastest. Uh, Damon Kite. Oh, wow. They're so good with names, man. Yeah, uh, Kate is the person who is going to be letting the guests inside the hell house. Now, we don't know this yet, but eventually that's what they show her doing. And it sucks, it sucks well, mm, we'll name it here, but Joey actually winds up mur- not murdering. himself. So. Well, I guess technically it does count as murdering yourself. suicide so counted uh, murdering yourself? I mean, I don't think that anybody has ever said that in regards to suicide but certainly it it technically is murdering yourself so I don't think you're wrong I just think that's a little unusual of a word to use for you know such a tragic event like suicide you're right anyway there's a quick scene and we move on to shots of Alex and Melissa going over the plans and Paul's there and he's being Paul and he's like oh my god Melissa you're so hot are you gonna be down there with your top off because I'm gonna be filming the entire time And Melissa's like, (laughs) am I? I don't know. I'm totally okay with it. (laughs) And they continue to bicker. And then, you know, Alex is like, bro, can you leave us alone for a second? Because we're trying to go over the plans for opening night of Hell House LLC. And you're just being a goofball. And, you know, normally I appreciate your goofiness. But right now I'm Alex the businessman. Okay. Not Alex the goofball. I'd love to goofball with you. But right now, it's Alex Business, Alex Businessman time. So you want to be, you want to be a goofball, go over there and like goof off somewhere else because right now, I just, I just need to talk to Melissa about her role. She's the damsel in this dress and somebody's got to save her. So please just leave us alone. Uh, Bro, you're such a party pooper. Fine, I'll leave you guys alone. Melissa, you're so hot. And he leaves, right? And then we see more scenes of Martin Cliver, a journalist, talking about now the disappeared mother and daughter who Melissa alluded to. Melissa said she didn't really know a lot about what happened with the house. And, you know, she, she, I don't know. You know, it happened in like 19 something. Ha ha ha. Who remembers that? Ha <laughs> ha. And uh, now we, we could have seen the documentary, well, away from the found footage to uh, Diane interviewing. Uh, Martin Clivert, the journalist, about what happened and what are the origins of the hotel, which Melissa alluded to, and it turns out that the hotel was abandoned after uh, the owner committed suicide. Now, the owner committed suicide because a couple of people who were seen checking into the hotel, a mother and a daughter, were actually never seen checking out. Now, what does that remind you of? I mean, I think, oh, oh Lord, are you going to sing now? Uh, I might, because this is an opportunity I cannot pass up. So the guests were seen checking in. And apparently there were records of the guests checking out. But you know what they couldn't find? Actual evidence that the guests ever left. Which reminds me of, You can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. That's probably not the best rendition of Hotel California. I've heard. Well, you know, I was doing a capella, and you know, I didn't do my warm-up exercises, and you know, I usually, uh, you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into these kind of things, and I just didn't have it today. And you know, I was just a sport of the moment and uh, taking advantage of the opportunity. Okay, you don't need to make up excuses for your poor singing. How dare you? It wasn't that bad. Anyway, they never found the guests. It appears they checked out. They interviewed him, the owner, the police interviewed him several times, and he produced records of him checking out, but they actually were never seen, as if they actually never left the hotel, right? Police came by. Anyway, this story got out, and the Abaddon Hotel was forever cursed because nobody would ever stay there after such a tragic event or a mysterious event at this point then. So much so business was dead. Dead. D-E-E dead. You mean they de- you said day de- A. a. D-E-D, dead. That's not how you spell dead. That's how I spell dead, damn it. My show. So the owner, amidst, you know, a faltering hotel business, now dead hotel business, he just decides to hang himself. And they show footage, a picture of the hotel owner, hung, hanged himself in the dining room. Hanging there, just hanging out, and that is the reason why the Aberdon Hotel is abandoned. So that was explained, and uh, now we go back to the Paul, the uh, the found footage. Okay, and now Alex and Paul are in the basement where the main attraction is supposed to happen. Sending up the three clowns, the three Amigo clowns, the clownsies. Bro, are we clowns? We're we're just clowning around. (laughs) That's funny. That's a joke. See, now I'm Alex. Alex, the businessman, can also be a clown. I'm being funny, Paul. Laugh. Right, bro, right. Yeah, that was real funny. Totally. So I want to point something out to you, Paul. Tony's over here, too, I think. Actually, Tony, you pointed out. Well, you see these here clowns, these clowns can't turn their head. I want to make sure I point that out. You there with the camera recording system mechanism. Are you catching this? These clowns here, they can't turn their head like this. You see me turning my head? I'm nodding my head, moving it from left to right. They can't do that because they're clowns and they're fake. If you see a clown doing that, you just run the fuck out of here because they can't do that. You understand? I want to make this very abundantly clear to you. To you and the audience. What audience? Uh, Oh, you mean the YouTube audience. That's right. I mean the YouTube audience. These clowns cannot move their head left or right. Well, thank you. That's so clear. I appreciate that. And then they hear a noise. And the next day. Right? They hear a noise, but they just... They're very dismissive of it. And Paul wakes up and he starts recording this. Did you guys, did you guys hear that noise? Oh, that noise? Noise? Everybody's, everybody's half asleep. and They're in the upstairs region of the hotel on the second floor. It's not really clear or evident where everybody is. All we know is that they sleep upstairs. And the downstairs is the naughty part. That's the North Korea part. They're in the South Korea part, even though they're upstairs. They're in a nice Korea, and the stuff that's happening, all that creepy shit is happening in the naughty Korea side, the DMZ, at, 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 on the other side of the DMZ. Boy, you're really, you're really all over the place with your references today. Well, I mean, it makes sense. you know. They're in a the good side of, uh, of the same location, separated by a demilitarization zone, which is where the stairs end at the bottom of the stairwell. And after that, it's the naughty Korea or the, you know, the the area which you are forbidden from entering, although they enter it all the time because that's where the magic is happening for the show. But that's neither here nor there. They hear a noise, a creepy noise. But thankfully, thankfully. They don't break rule number 27 of horror, which is if you hear a creepy fucking noise, don't go finding out what that fucking noise is. Dismiss it. Pay attention. Pay it no heat. It's a ghost trying to lure you with some fucking funky noise or something. You know? uh, that's fucking the fuck out of here with your creepy noise. I got to go back to sleep. Guys, I'm businessman. Alex doesn't listen to creepy noises at night. Okay. I have business to tend to. In the business of sleeping. Okay. So creepy noise stuff can stay down there. You hear me, Mr. Creepy Noisemaker? Just, just stay, just stay on your side of the DMZ. We'll be, we'll be just fine. Anyway, the next day we continue with the documentation of everything, and there is of course, uh, guess Paul, who's Mr. Documenter, fiddling with his recording documentation. It's like sees Mac on the couch reading a book, and. Continues recording stuff. I don't know if he sees Hector at this point, but he keeps walking around and he's fumbling with his camera. And now he's got his camera and he's pointing at shit. <laughs> All right, this looks super awesome. Whoa. And he enters the corridor and he sees the clown. Striped suit clown, right? And this clown is staring at the stairs that lead to the basement. and Paul's like, bro, what are you looking at? What's down there? And he turns around and points his camera towards the stairs. And when he turns around and he points the camera right back at this goddamn thing, this thing is staring right at him. Holy Jesus, have mercy on me. You got me, man. Real nice. I don't know how you turned around like that, but that was real nice. You did it so quick. You have very quick, very cat-like muscles and reflexes. All right, I'm just going to go walk over here and talk to Mac and Tony, because I think Alex, I think that's you, Alex, right? That's you. Okay. I'm just going to walk over here with my camera. And he walks over. You, Alex. Potentially, actually not Alex. He thinks it's Alex in the suit. And he's walking over to Mac and Tony. What the fuck, guys? What the fuck? And he scrambles. Scrambles right back to the location where he saw that fucking creepy clown. And of course, there's nothing there. There's no fucking creepy clown. And instead of leaving at this point, they don't, right? They keep fucking going for some reason. I mean, that's not that creepy. And, you know, it could still just be... Alex, I mean, Alex wasn't dead. I think what you saw was Tony and Mac. And so it could still definitely have been Alex. No, I think Alex was there. Go back and see that footage. I mean, it, it could be somebody else. It could be Joey. Sarah's not anywhere that they found. It could be anybody, really. I don't know. It's still not that creepy for me. All right. All right. Very well. Okay. But, but, they continue. Paul continues scrambling, searching for shit, right? And then he, oh, again, heads downstairs. He heads downstairs into the fucking basement after he realizes that all three of his friends are there and now the clown has gone from where he saw it, he walks downstairs, runs downstairs, into the basement area, and all three of the three clown amigos are sitting there and he taps the head of the clown and is like, I know it's you, Alex, you son of a bitch. Are you trying to scare me? Because it's working. And they dismiss it, of course. Paid no heed to the creepy events that are happening at a potentially haunted hotel. You just keep on doing what you were doing because you're crazy. And uh, yeah, that's actually what they continue to do. They they just keep dismissing all of these events. Scary, creepy things happening in a haunted hotel. Potentially haunted hotel that was abandoned because people were lost and the owner killed himself. But they continue to stay there because, hey, money talks, baby. You have to stay there. They got a business to run. Businessman Alex is not going to let some creepy clown slow him down. No creepy clown can slow me down, baby. I'm Alex, the businessman. Now I get you rhyming things, huh? Well, I mean, you know, I dabble in haiku and poetry. You dabble in a lot of things, man. Well, you know, I like to be. Uh, uh, I like to I have. I have. I have varied interests. What can I say? All right, fine. Anyway, um, we continue with the. Preparations for the opening night of Hell House LLC, October 8th, 2009. And a few scenes later after this, there's a strobe scene, which by the way, this strobe scene actually really got to me. I got to be honest with you. I have not felt chicken skin or fear in a movie in a while. And this scene got me real good, even though I kind of knew what was happening. It was done so well. It was, it was done really, really well. So what starts to happen is Paul's now t- trapped in the corridor. All right, and there's a uh, there's a clown to his right, o- off in the distance, away from him, and then there's another figure. I think it's also a clown to the left, almost uh, yeah, d- directly in front of the clown that's peeking out on the right, and he's talking to Mac over walkie-talkie or somebody, and uh, you know they're communicating, and they're like, "All right, Mac, just let's go ahead and turn off the lights and turn the stove on." Copy and they start to test this and the strobe scene looks great by the way great 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 strobe scene in this film and then he starts to see the clowns and the clowns already in my mind they look like they're fucking moving i mean they kind of did look like they were moving already it was a very good thing all right so the fucking crowns look creepy and i'm starting to get fucking chicken skin for real this time around and all of a sudden remember there's only two when the lights were on All of a sudden the third one comes out of fucking nowhere, like one of these pitches of dark when the flash, when the strobe light is off, woof, and he's just, now there's a third one, and he starts freaking out, Paul does, oh my god, guys, get the fucking door open, guys, oh my god, what the fuck, what the fuck, and he's freaking out, and he's calling over these guys, and he starts banging on the let me out! What the fuck is- He's completely freaked out by the events, and hey, you know what? So was I. I was really, I really wanted that door open for him. It was, it was too much. I felt the sense of dread that I would have felt if I was trapped in the same location. So, what an amazing job at capturing that shit. So they let him out, and you think when they've just had about enough, <laughs> they don't. They continue, the show must go on. Against all odds, Hell House LLC will put on the greatest haunted house in the history of haunted houses. This much, I assure you. And having a conversation with Alex outside in like the, I guess the, the garage area or something. It looks like, it almost looks like a boneyard for cars, right? Like a junkyard. And Alex talks to Paul. Polly, can I call you Polly? Polly, listen, I'm sorry. Okay. This is Alex the businessman talking again, by the way. This is not Alex the goofball or Alex your friend. I'm Alex the businessman. And Alex the businessman, I'm going to talk about myself in a third person now. Okay, pay attention. Don't get lost. Don't lose me. Are you here? Are we all here? Sarah, Mac, Tony, Paul, oh, I know you're here. Everybody pay attention to what I'm about to say. I mean, what Alex the businessman is, is about to say I forgot I was talking about myself in the third person Alex the businessman says the show must go on and everybody just needs to slow their horses down and calm down and take a chill pill okay just just chill just relax chillax I think it's the word the kids are saying these days chillax it's the combination between the word chill and, and relax Just, just to be clear I'm a businessman. I want everything to be clear. But Hell House LLC must continue. You want to make some money? This is the way to do it. We got to scare the shit out of people. And I'm a businessman. And and I know how to do that. So even after these fucking creepy events, this is not more than one. By the way, they could have left the first night they were there. That night when Sarah was like, you know, I don't know, guys, this feels really creepy. They should have fucking left. I mean i don't think those events have so far been scary enough to to scare anybody away but i think maybe this last one was uh you know really interesting because now you were you were right i also felt a sense of dread that sh- that that was a real creepy saying i gotta agree with you i also felt you know i was there, yeah i was definitely on the edge of my seat i wanted him to to be let out yeah it was a really good scene but after that scene hell he was scared shitless and they, But the show must go on, as they say. Okay, so we continue with the story. And uh, now they actually, they, um, I guess, in, I don't know why this was necessary, but they throw in a scene of uh, uh, one of the characters from the uh, actual documentary that is uh, being put together by Diane Graves with an author, Robert Lyons. Again, I don't think he's front. Whatever. And so Mr. Leones is explaining how the crew has been together for a really long time and how Mac and Alex were childhood friends and how Paul and Tony were his first hires and Sarah and Alex had been together for a really long time and they're all doing this in the office style documentary. And everybody was part of the birth. Everybody was, was part of the, uh, uh, the party planning committee. <laughs> and Alex. Was always at the head, and Sarah and Alex were always the heads because you know Sarah wanted pink napkins and Alex wanted blue ones. <laughs> and then Tony came around and he said, "Guys, you should all just use yellow napkins." Am I right? And that's the way he's being interviewed. It, I, I'm sorry, but it just seems like he's, uh, he's a character from The Office. Though, anyway, he describes that relationship for some reason. Um, and then we move on to another scene. We move on to another scene. And in the next scene, Paul is not downstairs. Okay? Or rather, no, Paul's not downstairs yet. What's happening is we wake up to Paul in the middle of the night again. More creepy shit. Remember, they sleep upstairs. We wake up to Paul filming down the stairs, down close to the DMZ we established. They're upstairs sleeping. They're in South Korea. he starts filming down the stairs, and that fucking creepy clown is there again. And everybody's just asleep, and, you know, Paul turns around, and he sees Mac. What the hell is going on here? Huh? Huh? You put that fucking clown there? Huh? Well, let's fucking move it. He doesn't belong there. He's creepy as fuck. I'm not scared or anything, but, you know, we gotta move that fucker. Put him back where he belongs. And they, you know, they walk downstairs and they're slowly walking down the stairs and Max starts to grab the uh, clown and he's about to, like, give it the Heimlich maneuver it looks like from... Are you ready for the Heimlich, you bastard clown? And Paul pans the camera off to the left and he sees, uh, he sees Sarah. And Sarah's just... Fucking straight up Blair witching in a corner. just Blair witching away, standing in the corner with her head down, facing a wall, arms crossed and Paul's freaking out. Sarah, what are you doing, Sarah? What is, what is this? Why are you Blair witching right now? Stop it. You're scaring me. You're being very creepy. And Matt comes into the room too. And he starts grabbing her. And it's like, Sarah, are you all right? Sarah, listen to me. Listen to the sound of my voice. Follow my voice, Sarah. Come to. I'm right here. This is Mac. That's right. It's me, Mac. Now, Alex is still upstairs. He's sleeping. You know, that guy, I, I, you know, I've know, i known him forever, as the author has explained. He's my childhood friend. I know how he sleeps. He sleeps like a rock. Nothing could wake up that guy. That's why me, I'm, I'm Mac. I'm here. I'll hold you in his place. It's completely okay. And she's comforting. Mac is comforting Sarah and uh, paul is just like turning around with the camera paul continues to visual with the camera paul ne- what a cameraman You know, paul is not the kind of cameraman like in the ufo videos or in scary videos on the reddits where you know he, he should be on the praise the cameraman subreddit to be honest great work but anyway he turns around and that creepy clown is now facing them at first th- remember th- he hadn't moved from the position where he was facing the stairs while they were upstairs and now the fucking creepy clown is facing them away from the stairs. And now they're freaking out. And Mac still, who claims he's not scared. He's still not scared. Actually, I'm sorry. No, that's not true. They turn around and the fucking clown isn't there anymore. Like I, I confuse that. Ah, uh, you know, that's okay. It's uh it's a lot of events to tell. So they turn around and the clown isn't facing them, the clown is fucking gone, and they What do they do? Fucking break rule number 317 of horror movies, which is go looking for the crazy, creepy clown. I mean, they gotta find out who's in the clown suit. At this point, you know, we can't believe that anything is necessarily supernatural or demonic or possessed. You know, these are very rational characters, especially Mac He's listening for a rational explanation to the uh, interesting. You mean demonic or haunting events that are happening? Well, I am not certain I can call them a demonic just yet, but certainly interesting. Okay, so he starts looking for the interesting events that are occurring. And they go chasing the clown. Oh I'm looking for the clown, they find it. Oh, oh, oh. And guess what? They find it. And they're all shocked. Oh shit! Oh Lord! Jesus have mercy. There's the fucking clown! Why are they shocked didn't they want to find the clown they found it why are they shocked when they found it i mean maybe they weren't expecting to find it uh you know um uh, maybe i you know i have no explanation but uh you know it, it 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 can be traumatic and shocking to see a clown especially under the lighting conditions that the, the uh event is currently under because it's not a very well lit location you, you haven't told the viewers that all this is happening on the very dimly lit location. Most of the time, the camera the poly, is uh, fumbling and holding onto is either the only source of uh, light or a very uh, subtle secondary source. You're right. It's all very dimly lit. But anyway, they fucking find the clown and, uh, you know, the night is over us. <laughs> Good job, guys. We found the clown. Let's all celebrate. And they start smoking, right? No, that's not what happened. Ah, you're just sensationalizing the event. All right, well, they don't start smoking, but uh, everybody goes back to the room, and um, everybody goes to sleep, and Paul is in his room with the red light behind him, and it's all very dimly lit, and doesn't say much of anything, Uh, but now I guess it's time for everybody to go to sleep and go to bed. So he wakes up, and there's somebody... You know, he, he wakes up and there's something or somebody laying against the wall. And he notices, right? He's about to get up to go to the restroom or whatever the fuck it is. And he sees, Holy Jesus! Who the? Who are you? And he grabs this. He follows rule number one of horror movies. Good lord. What an amazing thing. He grabs a blanket, the safest place to be, under demonic or under potentially being haunted by a ghost. The safest place to be is under your goddamn blanket, and you know what, Polly does that Polly, ladies and gentlemen, following the rules of horror, Polly. Good job, Polly. Good job for following the rules and fighting yourself behind the underneath the blanket. Unfortunately, it doesn't take Polly, old pal Pally, too long before he breaks the fucking rule. He starts peeking. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. what? Well, that... It's peek it. peekaboo, peekaboo. Oh, Jesus! It's still there. Ah, I should just stay here under my blankets. I will be just fine if I just follow rule number one of horror. Ah, but I wonder if it's still there. I should peek. Should I peek? I should peek. And this consciousness, subconscious, is telling him, Paul, don't peek. Just follow the rules of horror. You'll be just fine. I don't peek. Ah, uh, what do you know? You're just my subconscious. I'm gonna peek anyway. So, Paulie peeks. Ah, Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, he's fucking taken, fade the black. No idea what happened to him right now. And now we dawned in the next morning. If there's a new day and the heroes of Hell Hell LLC are putting together the hunt of a lifetime for you, we will put on the best haunted house. In the history of haunted houses. Because that is what we do. That's right, guys. I'm Alex and I'm a businessman and I put together the best haunted houses. But where's Polly? Stop the heroic music. I need to see Polly. Polly, where are you? Somebody call him. Call him in your. Pro- Nobody has an iPhone here. What is this? Is this a Motorola? Oh my god, how do you. Are these physical buttons? How do you. How do you call somebody with this hello is siri on this siri siri this is this is alex the businessman siri listen to me hello hello siri so they're calling Polly uh in their archaic pre I- actually iphone was already around in 2009 that's absolutely right the iphone was launched in i believe january or june of 2007 after that amazing presentation by Steve Jobs, the late great Steve Jobs. Oh, you're a fan of Steve Jobs, the late great, huh? Well, I shouldn't say the late great, but definitely the late Steve Jobs. You're right, the iPhone was already around, but not as, uh, not in this movie. So nobody had an iPhone, and he's fumbling and he's calling them, and uh, when they call Polly's number, some weird noise happens. <laughs> some shit. But anyway, the show must go on. That's my heroic voice, but that was me, Alex the businessman. I guess that could be Alex the hero. That was my heroic Alex the hero voice. Do you want to hear it again? The show must go on. So Polly, fuck you. So they can't find Polly. They're calling his number. But he's nowhere to be found. But the show, in fact, must go on, right? Um they keep looking for actually Tony and Mac haven't given up. and Tony and Mac are now looking for him. Alright, and they're looking everywhere and there's a lot of uh, I think Tony's not holding the camera. Somebody's got to document this shit for the YouTubes, right? I mean, I think this is pretty interesting footage for the YouTubes considering this is 2009. Not a lot of quick cuts like uh, you're used to now where things are just like really cut really excessively. Uh, Just, you know, people don't cut, 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 cut. Yeah, excessive cutting, you're right. I am am familiar with it. Um, But anyway, they keep looking for him. So now they're... Hey, Paulie, hey, you're Pauly. You're around here somewhere. It's your friend. It's me, Rocco. I mean, hey, you're Paulie. It's an A at Tony. You're around here somewhere. So they're looking for, uh, you know, looking for Paulie. Polly, where are you? And they go into the basement. By the way, there's a lot of panting going on here. Tony is like, Polly? Polly? Oh, is that you, Paulie? We should go to the basement. you Mac you all right? I mean Tony you're all right buddy you're panting a lot uh, you know just I forgot my inhaler i just looking for Polly I didn't have a chance to grab it and they go they go they go down to the basement and they see you know and they, they're panting and they're looking is that him oh, oh no that's just the Bible Oh, there's the pentagram. It <laughs> continues looking. I gasped, "Tom, Tony, are you all right, man? You, you're breathing real hard." I'm just, I'm just looking for Polly. I forgot my inhaler. Anyway, they find them. They can't find him. and uh, they're about to go into the freezer. And Tony pans to his left. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> The clowns turn their head. Get into the freezer. Oh Lordy. Lord Jesus, oh my. What? What are you talking about, man? Relax. Are you alright? Should we go get your inhaler? Oh my god, the clowns. You know, I explained earlier the clowns can't turn their head, but now they turn their head and they're looking at me. (coughs) Dude, are you alright? I'm telling you, I guarantee you. Listen to me. You listen to me. You listen to me right now, Tony. You listen to me, you son of a bitch. Stop breathing so goddamn hard, number one. And number two, I ain't scared of shit. Now we're gonna go out there and we're gonna find Paulie, because that's what we came down here to do. So I need you to get your act together and get up and stop panting and breathing so goddamn hard. Don't forget your inhaler next time, you moron. But we're gonna go out there and I'm gonna show you that these goddamn clowns, they don't turn their head. And we need to find our buddy, Paul. You hear me, you son of a bitch. <gasps> All right, I hear you. Okay, let me go now. Okay, Mac, you go first. You go first, Mac. All right, I'll go first. Stand behind me. I'm gonna pop these doors open. You see? The clowns are just there. What did I tell you? <laughs> right, nothing's gonna scare me. I'm Mac, baby. They continue. They're out of the freezer and the clowns aren't fucking with them anymore. Paul? Where are you, Paul? Are you here? Oh, stop fucking with us, Paul. I told you not to fucking pant anymore. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> hey, they that's Paul. Are you taking a nap, you son of a bitch? get Up and they finally find Paul. and They found him sitting He's just sitting there, He's just like past that. Paul, wake the fuck up, Paul. Paul, is that you? Oh my god, oh, 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 we found you! And they find him, thankfully. And Tony finally stops panting. Okay. Oh, Paul, God, I found you. I couldn't stop panting. Ugh. Uh, an asthma attack there or something going on, but you know, I'm glad we found you, bro. Oh, lordy. ooh, you really had it going. Are you asleep or something right now? Get up. So they find him. Day dawns. and um, Useless Paul is now useless as usual. They go to his room and they try to wake his ass up, but he's just laying in bed and he's not getting up. Paul, wake your ass up, you son of a bitch. Oh, that's just Paul. Paulie. You know, I, sh- I mean, I should fire you. By the way, he quit earlier in the film for like two seconds, right? Yeah, I, 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 I think he, I think he didn't quite. I think the the one who quit was Tony after the event that uh, that you're about to talk about. I think you're right. The show must go on. And the next scene is the golden hour scene, which I'm not going to talk a lot about, other than it was an annoying scene where. Tony and Mac are talking about the events that happened the night before and how something is being held from them by Alex, and he also has a air. I don't know what's happening there, but it's happening outside. Great lighting, yes, in some field with some vegetation, some flora. I don't know what it is. Uh, But anyway, move on to the next. The show must go on. And now it's opening night at last. It's here. We made it. We made it, boys. We made it to opening night. I told you guys, Alex the businessman was going to get us through. And I did it, didn't I? We're all here now. Let's make some fucking money, and they make it to opening night. And they're checking the cameras, and Alex and Tony are in front of the cameras, the camera system, and Max in the haunted region. He's in the DMZ, uh, and I think Tony and uh, and Alex are in uh, uh, you know upstairs or wherever the command center, control center is, and everything is set up. And at the very last, now we start the last gets. Oh my God, you need to do your breathing exercises again because I think you you you, you mispronounced uh, the actress's name. Remember, her name is Kate. She's the hostess. Uh, you're right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So Kate, the hostess, opens the door to the grand opening of Hell House LLC. And guests are, are now starting to pile in. And yes, remember that uh, I just want that thing. Kate, make sure you let them know that if they trip uh, on blood or stuff like that, that's their fault. I'm not responsible. This is a li- liability company. If it's a demon possessing them or a ghost attacking them, that's on the ghost. He's liable. But trips or slips and falls, that's, that's on them. They, it's in a waiver. Please remind them of that. And so Tony does one last trip downstairs where he cuts up Melissa's dress for the sake of cutting up Melissa's dress. And everybody the thumbs up and everything is ready to go. It might be Mac, actually. I think it was Mac. Ah, uh, you're right. I think it's Mac. Mac is the one who is wondering the event with his uh, head-mounted camera checking in on everybody. And now there's four clowns because Joey, if you recall, he's the security guard. You didn't mention that at the beginning. It was Tony's idea to put a clown security guard in the basement for Melissa's safety. You're right. And so now, Melissa and the event is now going to happen. Everybody's downstairs and the show must go on. Opening night and the guests are piling in and they're rummaging through the halls. Oh my God, This guests are heard saying, oh my God, this house is so creepy. I love this house. I look at all the crazy stuff in here. Is that Hector playing the piano? Oh my God, he's so cool. There's a little guy playing the piano. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, he's such a cool piano player. That's so cool. Where are we going? How oh am gonna the basement in? <laughs> Let's go to the basement. <laughs> oh my god, it's am in the basement. And the shit starts to happen in the fucking basement. And Melissa starts to. Ah, this is not part of the show, guys. Please let me out. And, and here comes Joey. Just he, Joey's bolting out. Joey sees some shit out of the corner of his eyes. I think where the pentagram of the upside down cross And he's like, he, Joey just gets up and is like, bolt. Fuck you guys, I'm out of here. And he just fucking... Walks the fuck out of there, and now the guests are now like freaking out because this shit this entity. This black thing is now... Near Melissa, he's he's haunting her with his presence, their presence, her presence, this entity's presence. And the security guard is supposed to be there keeping eyes on Melissa, is not gone. And that threw out the guests. And Melissa's saying, this isn't part of the show, guys, please. And all of a sudden, you see this fucking entity kills her. And it's faintly seen. Uh, Do you recall if he slit her throat? I think he must have choked her or slit her throat. I really didn't see it very well. So he kills Melissa and all hell is not fucking breaking loose. Mac is trying to get all the fucking guest house. But you know what this place looks like right now? This place looks like it's a fucking Walmart or Best Buy. White right when they open the doors on black friday it's it's thanksgiving night it's friday morning it's fr- it's black friday morning it's 12 p.m and the fucking doors are opening and fucking people are out there and they're going wild for their fucking television or their surround sound on their bluetooth speaker <laughs> i saw it first bro and everybody's going crazy in there now they're running up the fucking stairs and mac is like no idea what's going on but he saw what happened to us in the and he's trying to get the fucking guests out and everybody's just scared to death and he finds Sarah who was with him also part of the I guess the crew inside the house Uh, manning the manning crew and he tells Sarah go fucking upstairs and they go to the basement uh, the top stairs area in the fucking hotel attic the basement is downstairs that's where the creepy shit was happening They go to the attic and they see Alex being choked to death, well, hung to death. This not the anymore. And he's dead. And Mac turns around, and these fucking dark entities are drawing closer and closer to him, and he's holding his head camera, he's had his headlamp on, and and he gets fucking murdered. Falls to the ground, and now his, his lamp is recording the, the, these figures. Uh, But there, thankfully, somehow escapes. Uh, And for now, at the very least. And now we cut a scene to Diana interviewing Sarah, asking her. Now, Sarah, I want you to tell us exactly how is it that you were able to escape uh, the events of that night? So you're telling me that you just ran out the front door and and everything was fine? Like you, you were just able to leave with no problem at all? And Sarah looks like uh, R- Robert Pattinson, or or maybe, uh, yeah, right, Sarah looked like Robert Pattinson. The man, the man Robert Pattinson, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, his name is Robert Pattinson, and and he's doing his best, or she Sarah's doing her best, Robert Pattinson. That's right, Robert Pattinson. Impersonation, and she's talking to the interview and she's just like, I just got out of the front door, and everything was fine. No trouble for me. I I run fast. I run fast. and What do you want me to say? I did track in high school. Okay. That's how I got out. You know what? I'm tired. My eyes are my my eyes are my eyes are dry. I gotta, I gotta clean my eyes. Oh. Let's talk about this later, okay? I'm in 2C if you want to find me. We can we can continue. We can continue this conversation if you want. I, I will be in 2C. And she's disconnecting herself from the microphone. Come find me. You can come find me in 2C. I'll be there, but you know what you should do? You should totally go to the hotel. Right now it's closed. And I mean, come on like five in the morning no one's gonna find you just go there everything will be fine you should totally you should totally do it i double dare you i triple dog dare you to go to the hotel and just go right now and diane's like you know what sarah i think i will just do that and sarah of course fucking gets up at five in the morning to go to the fucking hotel room and uh, you know she gets disconnected and uh, now we see another scene of uh diane heading downstairs i guess presumably the next day or maybe later in that day i don't know This was entirely clear and she goes to the front desk and she talks to the hostess asking to see the woman sarah and to see and upon this is the point at which the hostess tells diane ma'am there's no one staying in uh, actually number one we don't have letters in our rooms and number two there's no one by the name of sarah here And somebody in the background is like, well, you know, the guests, they they never stay by their real names here anyway, so maybe her name is Diane or something. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe something wild, like Leia. (laughs) 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 That's a Star Wars. I like Star Wars. Leia's the princess. (laughs) Now, he did not. You're, you're, You're just making stuff up. He did not say that. Well, okay, fine. Maybe in my head he said that. But anyway, Diane decides that the best thing to do at this one is to actually go to the abandoned hotel the way that uh, Sarah told her to do. And so she leaves. And remember remember Mitchell? I think his name was Mitchell at the beginning of, uh, of the documentary. He's rummaging through the footage, right? And now we see the footage that he's rummaging through. And as I mentioned, Sarah presumably survived the event. But as we find out now... You're Paul Paul. Hey, you're Paul. Is that you? Now he's back in the frame. And Paulie picks up the camera and sets it off to the side or something. Sarah. Sarah, baby. Come here. Oh, I just want to give you a hug. I'm here. It's me. Hey, me. It's me, Paulie. Come on. Nothing to worry about. Come here. And Paul knocks Sarah down. like, And it starts beating her. And essentially beats her to death. And now the camera's on the floor, facing Sarah, who's now bloodied from the beating that that she just took from uh, from Paul. And off camera, oh no, not think the camera, and we does, the camera does capture a glimpse of his throat having been slit. So we don't see him slightest slicing. Ah, do you need to do your exercises again? I don't know, a brown cow. So we don't see him slicing his own throat, but we see the aftermath of Uh, The amount of blood that is coming from the neck after his throat has been sliced and he collapses to the floor, dead as well. And that's the end of Sarah, so it turns out that she was dead. So how were they talking to Sarah? Now the audience knows, right, that there's something fishy going on. (laughs) There's something fishy going on here. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. Because I'm Mac. No, sorry, Mac is dead already. So no hero to save anybody here. So, so the producer, and I think his name is Mitchell, is now making an effort to contact Diane, who, by the way, left the safety of the interview location, which is probably another hotel, motel, and now goes to the Aberdon Hotel to find out what's going on in here. Oh, look at this! This place is so creepy, and they get in. Wow, look how creepy this place is. Oh, look at all this abandoned stuff. And they see Hector. Oh, right. Hector. And Hector's still playing the piano. And they're walking and rummaging through. And her producer's like, Well, you know, we can't really go into the kitchen because it's creepy as fuck. But more importantly, it's blocked off from us. So we should get the fuck out of here. Let's get out of Let's get out of here. Why don't we just make like a treat and get out of here? But of course, Diane Graves makes... A grave mistake. Oh, oh, no, you're gonna say something corny like that. Sorry. He decides to walk up the stairs. The South the South, South Korea part, the safe part. And notices, oh my gosh, here's 2C. Ha! Huh, how funny. You think Sarah is in there? Like, we should totally find out, right? Like, oh my god, Sarah's in here. Sarah! It's Diane, baby. Are you in there? It's me, Sarah, from the hotel. We were just talking. Like, we were just totally being cool and chill. Like, do you want to have some mimosas or something? Can I come in? And she opens the door and finds Sarah sitting at the edge of the bed, not facing the door, but rather facing away towards the window. And he calls. She calls to Sarah. Sarah? Uh, listen, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to disturb you. We don't have to have mimosas if you don't want to And Sarah slowly turns around and Now Sarah is very clearly dead And now Diane Graves Realizes the grave mistake that she's committed and she's like, ah, oh, you know what Sarah Listen, honey, it looks like you're kind of busy here. So why don't I just uh, I'm just gonna make like a tree and get out of here and Oh, (laughs) Sarah, the door's closed. Can you open the door? And then the shadowy figures that killed Mac in the uh, attic manifest themselves. And they're standing next to Sarah. And Sarah and the uh, figures, they attack Diane and that's it. Diane Graves goes to her grave. I'm a many puns Are you going to use. Her name is Graves, man. What do you want me to do? She's sent off to her grave and that's the story and that's the end of this one and boy oh boy what a great story What an absolutely joyride I love this movie I love this story I love the acting I didn't like the midnight hour or the golden hour scene but I loved it I think this movie gets an 8.5 because it's the great story was well told it was creepy all the way around you know not enough stuff to make me not uh, uh, like it but overall Beautiful, beautiful story. Well, well told. 8.5, I should say. 8.5 for Hell House, LLC. Now, I know there's sequels, but we may watch them. Anyway, that's enough for this one. If you're still here somehow, we really appreciate you listening. And for the first time watching, potentially. Thank you for joining us on Rick's Horror Movie Review Show. Rick's rated R Horror Movie Review Show. And uh, well, we'll catch you uh, on the next one, huh? We'll be right back. back.